I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you are listening to the Power of Audio, Science and AI. My guest today is my new friend, Jeffrey Stern, the founder of Voice Express an early pioneer of using voice of things and on-demand media to drive commerce. Today, 26 later, with multi-patterns in his toolbox, Jeffrey's products have been used around the world in voice-enabled toys, sentiment expression, photo imaging, direct mail, packaging, and point of sale, to name a few. The company is most known for being the exclusive provider of Build-A-Bear Workshop, where they have shipped over 50 million electronic sound devices, enabling consumers to express their emotions and put a smile on the faces of young and old. Jeffrey is currently launching Connect, a smart speaker in print that will enable brands to engage their clients through an interactive voice experience in direct mail, point of sale, and at the magical moment of unboxing. He's also working on launching Voice Gift, the first voice gifting platform that will create a new way to gift and put meaning and emotion back into gift giving experiences. In this episode, Jeffrey and I are going to discuss the ins and outs of why voice triggers emotions and how brands can use voice experience to build stronger emotional connections with their customers. With that, Jeffrey, I welcome you and thank you so much for joining us. Jasmine, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I don't know if one podcast is enough to cover all of those wonderful things you described. <laughs> I'm great to hear. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I've never been busier. This last uh, nine, 10 months have just been very creative for me and very, um, um, I wouldn't say stressful. They've been the absolute opposite. It's just been an amazing time. Um, I think for all of the uh, areas that I'm in, if anything, they, they haven't been disrupted. They've been um, enhanced and uh, accelerated. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get into that. Why? So first, let's begin. Looking back in the mirror, what was it in your motivational drive and the curiosity as a boy that brought you to becoming a tech entrepreneur? Well, I think I always loved tinkering. I always used to love to watch construction and working with my hands. And so uh, after I graduated uh, college and I went into finance and research, I realized very quickly that I didn't want to be evaluating the forest, but I wanted to grow a seedling into a tree. And so I'd like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I'm actually more like a dog with a bone because uh, I've I've picked up one technology, one space, in this case, voice, and I've really stuck with it for, for many, many years. But what unites it with the little boy in me is this, uh, this uh, kind of enjoyment of uh, creating stuff, tinkering with it, and most importantly, just loving when you see your product in the hands of a consumer uh, and see how they react with it and use it in novel ways. That's lovely. And then let's go to the story behind that Voice Express. It began when your brother said to you, what would happen if you send a bouquet of flowers along with a cassette? share with us the whole story and of course cassette is not <laughs> available today like then 
You might have to put an asterisk in the podcast and explain <laughs> what a cassette is. But, but in any case, uh, this goes back over 20 years. And my brother was a party planner. Um, and, you know, talk about someone who understands uh, people sharing the spirit and the emotions of the moment. And he said, as you say, uh, wouldn't it be cool if you could uh, go into a flower shop and you could record a message and they could record it onto a cassette or tape and they could ship that with the flowers. And I said, OK, so you're probably not going to go into the store. This was just at the beginning of toll free numbers. 800 flowers is a company that we have here in the States. I'm sure they have Interflora and Teleflora in Europe. And I said, you'll probably do it over the phone. Uh, it was even before the internet. And I said, and they're probably not going to record it onto a cassette. It'll go into one of these new chips that are coming out that can store and playback audio. But the kernel of the idea was there. And funnily enough, you mentioned uh, that I'm working now on a voice platform for gifting. Uh, uh, 25 years later, uh, I, I'm still uh, still driven by the same um, uh, uh concept and vision of wouldn't it be cool if people could actually express the thought behind a gift rather than uh, leave it as an afterthought. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And you've done this for decades, like putting smiles on a million children's faces, your partnership with Build-A-Bear, which is one of your biggest clients. And there you put like these little voice devices inside of a teddy bear. Now we want to know the story behind how it all begins and how it does it works. So share with us the power of voice in personalized gifts through the lens of few customer stories through the years. And please show us a bear. <laughs> so I'd like to uh, just refresh the question a little bit because I think it's broader than that for your community that is so interested in voice, ambient sound, and all that. It's really the story of, uh, in this case, Maxine Clark, the uh, woman who started Build-A-Bear, and collaboration with me, understanding how voice has the ability to drive a transaction. Because at the end of the day, uh, she was creating a workshop, um, an immersive uh, retailing um, and entertaining experience. So I think was, she was one of the early ones uh, besides Disney, who understood uh, the power of uh, imagination and uh, entertainment in retail. Um, so, so I had come up with this voice chip and I was looking for uh, use cases. And I said, okay, wouldn't it be cool? Cause I love using all your senses and I love using tactile. I assume, I guess when I'm, I'm speaking, I should be holding the teddy bear right now. Uh, but in any case, um, uh, the, the idea was, okay, let me take my little voice box and put it inside of a plush toy. And then I said, you know, it would be cool if we could have a t-shirt that could have the image on it so that you would have the visual, you'd have the sense of touch, and you'd have voice. And it was very difficult to find a t-shirt manufacturer for little guys like this. So I found a company in St. Louis and they said, can we show this voice box to another customer? And that customer was Maxine. And that was the beginning of a wonderful ride that continues uh, to today. And she said to me with trepidation, can I just buy the voice box? Do I have to buy the teddy bear from you as well? And I said, if I never see another teddy bear, I'll be a happy guy. So we, we knew our place. And um, uh, what's fascinating to me, getting back to this sense of voice being able to drive a transaction. 
as if you've ever been to a Build-A-Bear uh, store. It's really like a Dell computer for kids. You build your toy. Uh, so the first thing is you pick the skin, uh, and that will decide whether you're getting a, a, a bear, a dog, or uh, some action figure. And that's the choose me station. And the next station is the hear me station. So, uh, and, and, and it probably was driven by practicality, because you have to take this little device and stick it inside of the bear before you go to the stuff me station. But what it did in real terms is it put the voice early. It animated the product so that very early in the transaction, the second you put that voice inside, whether it's your own recorded voice, whether it's licensed music that you've curated that you love, it becomes yours. And so this ability to, you know, we, we, we understand the idea of naming something, well, you also have the ability to give something of a voice. And, uh, and we all know that voice has always been used as a metaphor for something bigger than just sound. Uh, it's the voice of a, of a writer, uh, of a playwright. So, so that is uh, my story with Build-A-Bear, but it's the, the kernel of that idea that drives me in many ways. Yeah, and, and what about stories? Oh, oh and, I forgot, and I forgot the bear. Happy Mother's Day, honey. I hope you have a great day today. You're the best, and I love you. So the idea here is, uh, again, a lot of the things that we do are uh, not novel. In fact, they're almost uh, nostalgic. This idea of being able to dedicate a song, to do a shout out, uh, is, is as old as it gets. And many people uh, don't know what to say, but if you give them a context, such as creating a plush, many people will put a voice inside of the plush and try to talk like a donkey or a bear. And many people will use the context of music, the music that's the, the, um, the soundtrack of their lives, as Sony would say when it had uh, the Walkman, and then add themselves to it. Do you have any concrete like customer examples through the years? Early on, uh, they designed the product so you really couldn't easily change the batteries because it was sewn into the plush. But I would get the cases where the message was just too valuable. And if the batteries died, you had to replace them. So those are my anecdotal stories where you would hear a wedding proposal, where you'd hear the message from uh, a dad who's in the army and stationed abroad. So uh, it really, you really get a sense of how powerful uh, this little capsule can be that uh, can, can, can freeze for, for at the end of time, uh, a voice of someone who's far away or no longer with us. With Record Your Voice at Build-A-Bear, you can record a special message in your own words and add a personalized sound chip to your furry friend. I'm so proud of you, honey. We knew you could do it. Hey, Grandma. I love you so much. You're, You're the, the best, best grandma, grandma ever. It's the boy. Well, you got to promise me? Happy birthday! Hey, honey. I love you so much. I wish I could give you a big hug right now. But, um, I miss you. And I'll be home soon. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps while you're talking. So based on your years of experience then, explain for us what is it about voice that is so emotional, powerful? How come it triggers our emotions? We get so affected by it. 
I mean, if you think of it from the time we're a little baby, our first interaction with the world is through sound and through voice. And, you know, I, I would uh, suggest that most of us, if you play a song that uh, we used to um, uh, play when we were in our college dorm, uh, you would almost smell the beer on the floor. It's an amazing primal uh, trigger um, that, uh, not to say that there aren't other triggers in our five senses, but certainly sound is uh, is something that uh, is unique in and of itself. Um, and um, I think uh, that's really, um, because it's so early in our interaction with the world, that's the first thing we hear is our mother's voice or, or whatever. I, I think that's the power of it. Um, and then of course, it's uh, the way in the most sophisticated ways that we communicate uh, without any mediation. Um, and, you know, ultimately what sets us apart from other species is this ability to communicate uh, and to interact at that level. Um, and it's through voice, first and foremost. I mean, if it's been so powerful since the birth of the human voice, how come brands are now more integrating it uh, and giving attention to it than before? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to, uh, and, and I know there's a very healthy discussion in our voice uh, community about what is a, a voice uh, assistant. Um, and I come down on the side that it's really a user interface as much as anything else. Um, and therefore, just like you have to learn how to use a mouse and a keyboard, you have to learn to use voice when you talk to your, um, your, your smart speaker. Uh, but as an interface, think of it, um, you really, I mean, the only thing that will uh, supplant voice is reading our thoughts. So where I can uh, telepath control uh, what's being written on my screen. But using voice without touch um, is, is something that is magical because we're com com communicating with devices, if you will, in the same way, in the identical way that we communicate with other human beings. And you can't say that about a keyboard or a mouse or even a uh, touch screen. Uh, so I think it's where technology is catching up uh, to um, the kind of organic mode of, um, of interaction that all of us feel very comfortable with. And that's why, especially in my space, um, while you focus on the major parts of the market, you can't ignore uh, the young and the old where uh, uh, slowly but surely either the young, they're too, it's too early to interact with uh, the written word or other uh, interactions, but voice works. And as you get elderly, uh, the idea that maybe you don't want some sort of uh, uh, additional uh, device like a smartphone or, or a computer, uh, you need something that's more unmediated and direct. And that's voice. Yeah, and, and voice is, is a great marketing tool then. And emotional marketing is a proven technique that encourage people to notice, remember, share, and buy. And our common friend, Kevin Perlmutter, the founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, says that by appealing to deeply held feelings in marketing, creating limbic sparks, as he calls it, will increase desire, loyalty, and engagement with the brand. So now walk us through your current product, Connect, through the lens of emotional marketing. 
Sure. Uh, so uh, we, we uh, for many years in the um, B2B space and in the, uh, the brand communication space, because we like to say we help consumers and brands communicate in the most direct manner. So the first thing that happened is you've all seen these kind of hallmark greeting cards uh, that play music. So we were approached by a publisher in um, the uh, pharma medical marketing space. And they said that reps, sales reps could no longer get to the doctor. They used to have something called a mini detail where the rep would schedule a meeting with the doctor, talk about a medication, uh, and the doctor would feel better about it and write more prescriptions. They couldn't get to the doctor anymore. They didn't have an email address, text. They couldn't get back through uh, the, uh, the gatekeepers. So they said, could you make a card that could contain all the technical information, but also contain buttons Symphony One offers a range of that would play on demand different um, uh, talking head type audio. Um, and we probably produce tens of thousands of these. And sure enough, the, uh, the medical industry is really good at tracking efficacy of both drugs as well as marketing things like this. And truly, the doctors did write uh, more prescriptions because they felt more comfortable with the product. And the next step, and you know, everything is. Uh, uh, once we, we innovated and got into the market with that product, we had people that were copying us and it became a little um, uh, crowded. So then we showed them a similar type thing, uh, just a simple card that would play video. Um, and uh, this, this went out in the market. And again, they didn't say to us, how much did it cost? They said to us, can you make the screen bigger? Uh, what they were getting at was creating impact. And ultimately, that's what you want when you do direct mail. Um, and uh, again, uh, the market followed us. And right now, if you Google uh, a video brochure, you'll see many stuff like that. So um, I felt that we had to take it to the next level. And what we came up with, uh, and this is a sample of a, literally a smart speaker in a, in a card. And I'll, I'll interact with it in a second. But the idea here is um, if you get one of these cards, you're not going to pair it with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. It has to work out of the box. You know, in the old days, uh, marketers used to send a VHS tape, then they sent a, a, a DVD, then they sent a memory stick, and literally, and then now recently, they send you a link to a video. And you would think that they're asking you to lift a thousand pounds, because that simple little last step of sticking in the memory stick or clicking on the QR code uh, could be uh, miles, miles long. So everything that we do uh, is uh, self-playing, immediate. You don't have to really do anything. So this card, it opens up and it starts playing. And then very quickly, and you'll notice we used uh, real voice talent because what we're trying to do is show best practices. I'll let it talk for a while and then I'll interact. After sale engagement. You want to learn how Connect After Sale Collateral can start a long term conversation. I'm happy to do so.
So uh, the cool thing is, uh, obviously, this, unlike a smart speaker, will not will not find your grocery list. It won't do. It's an application specific thing. But the flow that we design basically takes the frequently asked questions of the prospect or the user base, uh, translates that into a dialogue flow. And the cool thing is, at the end, um, it says, do you want to connect? And um, uh, based on your path, based on the choices that you've made, it will say, send an SMS to the number on the back of the card and say, point of purchase, say clinical studies. So you don't have that annoying thing where you go through a whole interaction and you have to begin again when you start talking to the help desk or to the service bureau. Um, and, and we can get very specific in that regard. And that's really where our IP is, the ability to gather information through this unconnected device and then connect you with uh, either a skill, an app, or uh, a service bureau, and it could very easily give you a code, say 7932 to the service bureau or in your SMS, and that code would represent a doctor who is interested in clinical studies, who is interested in dosage and side effects. Um, so it's really the holy grail, we believe, of what uh, direct mail is supposed to be, which is not only something that engages and informs, but gives you the ability then to act uh, and to get the results and the information that you need. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm the kind of person that loves asking questions and constantly looking for response. I call myself the walking Google search. And let's get into then bringing this product into stores that when I'm in stores, I can actually get really frustrated when I can't find a staff to help me out. So that's how I love your product. It enables brands to put a voice brochure next to the product in stores, shelf talk for customers to get, as you say, quick and relevant information. For example, if I'm standing and figuring out which shampoo I want, which one is best for my hair? And also I read on your website regarding the mood entertainment case study where research shows that in-store shoppers who listen to a music sample were 400% more likely to buy the CD. So tell us about this and the case study and the research findings. So Jasmine, this is really in your sweet spot, I know. Um, and you've done all sorts of studies about ambient sound and stuff like that. But we were approached by this, com this company called Somerset Entertainment, and uh, they created these uh, very uh, high high touch uh, kiosks that would go into card shops and other places in the days that people were buying uh, CDs, music CDs. And uh, many of them had uh, the, the headphones and you would go in and you would be able to sample before you purchased, uh, whether it was meditation sounds or holiday sounds or nature sounds. And uh, they wanted to expand uh, into the big box retailers like the Costco's and the Walmarts. Um, and to do that, what they had the idea is, could we have a self-liquidating display? Meaning to say that this thing was so inexpensive, but nonetheless retained the ability to uh, provide the information and the musical environment uh, that at the end of the day, when you've sold out of all of the CDs, you can almost return it to the company or uh, just dispose of it. And, and the other thing that they found was that their very high touch uh, music 
sampling displays broke a lot. And the expense of having to send in reps to fix them was expensive. So we basically created uh, this unit here that's behind me. Um, and uh, we just made the module. Uh, and it has a very uh, straightforward touch panel behind it. And uh, you can literally sample all of the sounds. Um, we used to ship the uh, module itself by ocean. Uh, and then we created a little uh, not a little chip, an IC that would go in. So last minute, they could air these minuscule little things that would have the music programmed on them. But getting back to your question, uh, even then, we found that people were reticent to put a headphone on that somebody else had worn. Um, but certainly, the ability to literally at the point of purchase without adding a whole bunch of hardware. Uh, and that's why I love, you know, the shelf talker concept, because uh, you will go into stores today and you'll see kind of pre-COVID displays that number one have touch panels. Uh, consumers are not touching as much as they used to anymore. That's, that's not the interface of choice. Uh, so clearly voice has the potential to be able to serve as that interface, to be able to get the information. But more to the point, you saw that we can put this technology into something as discreet as a card. You saw that it didn't have to be uh, paired with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. These are all things that are important in the real world of retail, where you need to be able to ship a display. It needs to be unboxed. It needs to be working out of the box. And most importantly, shelf space is so valuable. So you don't want something that takes up shelf space from product. And we think that that we're uh, at least uh, appointing uh, the industry in a particular direction where in your example of picking the right shampoo, is it because you have split hair, split ends or dry hair or whatever, and you're just overwhelmed by choices mm -hmm. that we can start what's considered conversational commerce, where you can then engage uh, and get answers to the most frequently asked questions. And yes, maybe at the end of that conversation, there's a QR code. Uh, put, putting a QR code before the conversational commerce is a little bit of a challenge. But once you engage somebody in uh, a, a communication, then you can easily move to their smartphone, or you can move to other platforms. But it's, uh, it's really, an, uh, as, as we all know, it's like, hey there, and you look around and uh, uh, the, the conversation begins. So we feel uh, that in modern retail, whether it's on a shelf talker, whether it's an end cap, whether it's even on the shopping cart that you move along as a, as a welcomer to the store, there are many opportunities for something that's discreet, uh, application specific, potentially sponsored by the brand uh, to uh, move consumers along the path to purchase. Yeah, and research has also shown that, uh, you know, 60% of choices are made directly in the stores. And then to be able to engage the customers, and majority of the time, as you say, there's a lot of options. So you, if you can give that information very quickly, it's easier for them to say, oh, okay, that's what I wanted, and they will purchase it. However, if every brand is going to use this point of sale voice approach, it can become pretty crowded, loud and disturbing. So how to approach this? Well, I mean, I think that uh, all of us in the voice community, you know, we're still at the beginning of the curve. 
Um, so while it's wonderful to uh, consider when there will be a concophony of uh, voices, and, <laughs> and uh, it, we're, we're still a way away from there. But, but part of uh, our approach is to make the audio um, as specific to uh, the product or the item as possible. And so uh, therefore, it, um, it almost uh, becomes uh, discreet in that regard. And that's a wonderful segue to maybe the, the direction to be taken is where packaging uh, has this kind of interaction so that it's not simply something that works on the shelf, but when you take the product home, it is something that makes sure that you discover all of the, um, uh, uh, the features of a new purchase, make sure that you use it properly, so forth and so on. Yeah, and, and, and talking about bringing the product home, that's like post-purchase. And me, my, personally, I've always been fond of watching product installation on YouTube rather than reading the instruction sheets, which is a lot of text. I don't know where to start. I, I even say that IKEA is not easy enough for me. So again, what I love about your product as you're explaining it is that brands can send a voice brochure in their box uh, as the product to thank them for the purchase. And the voice can explain to them how they can use the product. Can you give us some few creative examples how your clients have used this technique? Well, you know, Jasmine, you love anecdotes and, and, and uh, we all do. And um, when I started this company, uh, there was one brand out there that really understood what sonic branding is. And I know that that's the subject that you've, uh, you've uh, uh, dealt with in your uh, podcasts and your writings. Um, and that was Intel, uh, because Intel had a product that you couldn't see with your naked eye. It was a chip. It was the, the, the power behind. So first they came up with this concept of powered by Intel, and then they came up with this wonderful sonic boom, uh, bong they used to call it. So the one brand that I said to myself, I have to do business with is Intel. And sure enough, one quiet Tuesday, the phone rang and there was a crusty old uh, engineer from Intel. I almost pictured him with a cowboy hat on. And he said to me, we're quite along in the development of a very small computer, the size of really a hockey puck. Uh, and it's for uh, kiosks and gamers and stuff like that. And he said, they made us strip everything out of it. And I said to them, are you telling me we can't even have the, 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 the sound of the uh, sonic uh, gong? And they said, well, maybe you can build that into the packaging. So um, here's, here's the box that we designed for them. And when you open it, and that's the approach that we got in the wow. unboxing community. And uh, I don't know whether we have license to show it, but if you Google uh, unboxing of the Nuke, the new unit of computing, you will see these very professional guys who do the unboxing and they're used to talking about how many megabytes and uh, hard drives and to the T and in every language, uh, when they open it up, their eyes widen and they go, wow, this is really cool. And, and so it's not an example 
in terms of conveying information. Uh, but certainly you could extrapolate that a similar experience could happen where that sonic sound was then followed up by the types of frequently asked questions. But what it does represent is um, the, the, the ability when you have a brand and you have a purchase to begin that experience with delight and to know that the brand cares about how you interact with that product. And I think as important as anything that a brand can say uh, is the fact that they want to not only speak, but and give their brand a voice, but they want to listen to and they want to give the consumer and their user a voice as well. And so that I think is, uh, you know, the, you got me on hello type of thing. That's that kind of um, joyful, delightful um, uh, first impression that you want to have when you do after sale engagement. Yeah, I mean, brands talk about what's your voice, of brand, your brand's voice, right? And then one thing is the copy, the text. But again, it's also the, the voice that comes out in a voice device like this. For example, when you're walking into to, to a store, I love uh, Espresso, no, Nespresso, sorry, where you know the, the staff are very welcoming and you know the way they treat you, if they can capture that into the voice device, then you get the entire brand experience with the product. But now I want to know then, when you're developing a technology piece for a client, how do you start the process to make sure that whatever you're going to design is going to be something that's going to be useful and valued and on brand? So uh, what I like to do, especially in designing something for our newest technology, the Connect, where uh, people and brands can be overwhelmed with designing voice flow. And again, that's something that your community is well aware of. Uh, and I say to them, look, you've probably been involved with projects where you've designed brochures and print and you have to work on the copy. Uh, and you might even have been involved with creating a video uh, and you dealt with videographers. And in the normal course of events, some of us never create our own videos and some of us never create our own brochures, but we all speak, we all communicate. So sit back and just lower the, uh, the, the, the uh, bar and say, you want to have a conversation with your client, with your prospect, what typically are the three most important things that your clients and your prospects ask? And what are the three most important things that you want to convey to that client? And I think, and uh, I'd love to hear from your conversational designers uh, who, who uh, uh, listen to your uh, podcast, but, but I think ultimately that's how you begin a conversation. And it goes, uh, it translates very nicely into, um, into uh, the card. So for instance, you know, the, um, the auto industry is by being taken by storm by voice interaction because the car is a perfect place for uh, uh, being able to interact in a hands-free type of manner, and it's a closed environment, and you have time on your hands. Uh, but we're talking to the car companies, uh, because how do you get 
prospects, people who are coming out of their lease or thinking of buying a new car to uh, discover that uh, magic. And so what is the conversation that you create to do that? What is the conversation that you create with a new uh, car purchaser? So you get home, those of us who live uh, in a home, we want to figure out how do you open up the garage door? How do you pair the, the car with the garage door? How do you set the seats so that it remembers your posture and your wife's posture? So there's that whole host of things that, again, are buried in the manual, but with a little bit of voice help can tell you. What are the adventure and the green programs that your car brand makes available to you? What about warranty and stuff like that? So it becomes, uh, you almost can start with a call like this, take a few notes, and after half an hour, you can go ahead and put down the flow of what uh, should be inside of the card. And in the, in the process, you really learn about a lot about the brand. And I think the brand learns a little bit about their own brand in terms of what are the key elements that they want to convey and that their customers want to learn about. Yeah. And as you know, I love Anadops, as you say, and you've been in the voice industry, as I mentioned in the beginning, for like 26 plus years. So you've been able to see the difference between how it was before and now during the COVID-19. So how important would you say then is emotional content and messaging in the new now? And once again, share with us a few examples on how brands can and are using voice experience to create a feeling of safetyness during a period of time when we are too afraid to touch the world around us. So, um... As a result of uh, COVID, uh, we had been playing with having our product on Amazon Marketplace just to uh, see what the, all the talk was about, so to speak. Um, and what we have found is the most exciting part is we get to hear the voice of the customer. So we get these um, not only uh, reviews about how well the product worked, but also use cases. So uh, we have one product that is a little voice tag that's designed to go with um, gifts and to, again, deliver that thought behind the card. But all of a sudden, we're seeing the power of a familiar voice. So we're getting uh, stories about people who have parents in assisted living institutes that are literally isolated and cut off. You know, we all thought that the emoji killed the telephone. And here now, people are talking on the phone, and they're not transacting on the phone. They're just listening to a voice, uh, because we're all been isolated over the past year. So it's not now I'm going to go beyond voice as a user interface and voice as a medium that can really convey um, emotion and uh, the types of things that uh, Limbic talks about, uh, the, those Limbic sparks. Uh, so it's uh, uh, the, the ability to really provide a familiar voice on demand. So when someone's lonely, uh, when a child, we have stories of uh, that uh, people have posted on Amazon uh, where military families have a mom or a dad who are stationed abroad and the kid has the voice of the parent who's not there and they listen to it every night before they go to sleep. Um, so again, what we create is application specific. You wouldn't do that uh, with a smart speaker. You wouldn't do that with an app, app on your smartphone. You have something that's tactile that maybe you can draw a picture on. Maybe you can put a fingerprint on something like that. And, and I think that is one of those trends that were there and we knew about, 
but has become really accelerated in terms of these times of COVID. And I don't think it's going to go away because I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges uh, for the voice industry is discovery. You create an amazing skill or Google action, and then how do you get people to discover it? And we'd like to hope that we play a small role in helping people to discover the power of a voice. Um, uh, we're almost uh, as though what we're doing with our voice of things and our self-playing voice is the training wheels of the industry, that we get these products out there and people go, gee, that, that made me tear up a little bit. Uh, that was powerful. And to start to understand that. And I think for the industry, uh, we... Uh, we have to think differently about uh, service bureaus and call centers. Uh, you know, when in the old days, you were on the phone with someone from a service bureau, you knew that they were probably paid a premium to get you off the phone as quickly as possible. And I think what COVID has done possibly, and you get it with really forward thinking companies, that the agent on the other line will say, well, how's your day? And where are you located? And how are you doing? And maybe for those forward thinking brands, uh, they're being paid a premium to keep people on the phone because what are brands doing if not trying to engage and create a, a relationship uh, with, with their, their users? And so I think that's really uh, the, the biggest takeaway that maybe we all should do from, from these days of COVID is how to, beyond voice even, but how do uh, brands and human beings connect in a more meaningful way? And again, um, science in this case and technology is helping us do something something that ultimately is very human. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I try very hard to in my industry is if I'm successful, you don't know you really engage with technology. Uh, you forget about the technology, the underlying technology, and you're able to just engage on a very primal, uh, primal level with a product or a brand. What do you think about uh, using it for like menus? Or instead of the touch screens, uh, can it replace that? I think, um, you know, it can, it, voice has to be used in an appropriate manner. Uh, it's not the uh, voice only. It's not going to be the, the only way that we interact. Uh, you know, the, those, um, those uh, platforms and brands that really get it uh, enable you to interact both with a keyboard, a mouse, and with voice. Uh, some things are better done uh, in a linear fashion. I mean, the best example that I love to give, and you say that you love to Google things, <laughs> is if you're Googling something and you have a screen in front of you um, and it comes up with three answers to your question, that's an abysmal failure for your search engine. If, on the other hand, your voice, uh, you're getting a voice uh, Google in a sense, you're searching for something in Google, and it gives you 500 answers, that's an abysmal failure of, 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 of the search engine. So really, the type of medium that we use will determine the appropriate uh, reaction. And depending on whether I want 500 answers or three answers will determine what the most appropriate interface is, whether it is my keyboard or swiping a, a, a screen or using my voice. What I love about you saying is not voice first or voice only, rather it's voice also. Another example is that I found online, Alexa, reheat one cup of coffee. And voice assistance technology is booming and Amazon Alexa and Google Home has forever changed user expectations because of the way it engages us at home. 
again, what have you seen brands developing so far and what are your prediction for what will come? I think, uh, you know, again, as a good segue from what we were talking about, which is using voice in the appropriate manner, those uh, studies that I've seen in terms of how people are using smart speakers is the stuff that they do that then becomes a ritual. So if they wake up in the morning and they say, what's the weather? And they're able to get an answer while they're brushing their teeth or doing something else. If they use a timer uh, and it works, they will then habitually do that and continue to do it. Uh, and so I think with uh, the microwave example, uh, we all know what we want the microwave to do. We want it to understand that we have a single slice of pizza and we want it to heat it up. And there's a situation where the very complex controls that we have on uh, the microwave are similar to the complex controls that we used to have in our DVR machine. And of course, your DVR machine and mine were doing the same thing. They were blank. They were blinking 12 over and over again because we never knew how to set even the time. So, so the idea is in terms of discovery for and discovery is critical let somebody discover something simple that works and that they will therefore do repetitively and you have established yourself um, and then you can build on that um, and so I think that's really uh, what uh, the voice industry, uh, you know, I've seen that the number of apps being written in the um, uh, Oh, Alexa community and Google has gone way down because in the first year or two, everybody was writing a new app, a new skill and all that. And then a lot of them were not getting discovered because they didn't integrate into the needs of a, of a typical person. So I think it's finding something very simple uh, that potentially you can build on um, that will be uh, discovered once and you have to get them on that first time. And just to show this is going to work and is something that will make your life uh, easier. Um, and I think that's ultimately uh, the future of the industry. And it's happening. Uh, the more every success we have, uh, every uh, successful use case is going to be driven in that direction. But we're never going to be totally voice only. No, no, I don't think that either. So now I want you to share with us your best practices on how brand leaders can use voice experience to build stronger emotional connections through memories with their customers? Well, I think uh, the, the first thing is to keep it simple in terms of the interface, but I think also in terms of the messaging for uh, the, the, the brand itself. And we all know uh, those messages. Uh, sometimes uh, they're so, so good uh, that we almost don't recognize them. Um, you know, we talked about the intel, but there are those little discrete sounds that go along with whether it's open, opening up your fridge or uh, getting into your car. Uh, and uh, they, they need to realize that uh, voice and sound is a powerful tool. Uh, it has to be used uh, and not misused. Um, and it has to be used at a very, um, I, I would say, primal, uh, straightforward, simple, simple way that adds delight. Um, and and that's, that's the key. Uh, because whether we remember a commercial uh, or uh, an experience with a, a, a service uh, organization, what do we remember? It's, it's, that, it's that little moment. 
um, and then everybody everything builds from there. Um, so um, I guess I guess my answer to you is just always remember delight and remember that little boy or little girl um, that we started the podcast with who liked to tinker. Or we we all have that in us, and I think that's why I I find you know uh, people will say to me, oh, Voice Express, you're in the right place at the right time. And many times I think I've been in the same place for a long time, but being involved with Voice and coming at it uh, from the toy industry. Um, uh, dictates that I always do remember uh, those most uh, primal and uh, delightful little moments that we have as a child, because there's a child in all of us. Uh, I agree with you, but also that brands leaders should think about using voice that it has emotion in it. With that, I mean, now I see popping up on the internet that uh, instead of like reading or the video or reading the text there's also now like an audio so you can listen to the text but it sounds too robotic it, it has no emotions when it's reading it so it becomes very static and i think it's very important for brands then to really work with the right voice that really is the brand voice and not just again like music choose whatever to just have a voice I, the only thing that I would add, and uh, this is something fairly new that um, has has been um, introduced by Clubhouse, uh, where here we've been talking on Zoom uh, for nine months. And, um, you know, I, I I spent this morning saying, is, is my background too cluttered? Uh, am I going to, you know, <laughs> but but what Clubhouse has done has shown the magic of voice only. Um, and, you know, again, they haven't reinvented the wheel. There was a time where families would sit around the radio and think of all the imagination that you can have when you hear that same story as opposed to watch it on TV. It really does enable us uh, to contribute uh, and uh, be involved and interact with the story in a really novel way. And I think I'm seeing that now with, uh, we've just launched a new, a new card um, that uh, we think is gonna be really uh, cool for podcasts podcasters, and anybody creating user-generated content. It looks like an old DVD, uh, but in fact, it plays uh, four hours of audio. Um, and again, it's very similar to the video card I showed you at the beginning, but there's no video. You don't have the expense video, but more importantly, it's voice only in the sense that it lets you have that imagination. So I think that uh, we are really in a, in a moment of rediscovery of that very simple interaction with voice only. And I love the fact that uh, so many people uh, who are visually impaired, uh, you know, there's a whole new etiquette on uh, Clubhouse where when you finish speaking, you say, I'm finished now. Because there are people that are listening that aren't seeing anything uh, and can't even see when your little icon goes off and you finish speaking. So I think voice is uh, in, in definitely in a renaissance. And by that, I mean, it's been here forever. Uh, but uh, our appreciation for it, whether using the phone, uh, whether uh, uh, hearing a recognized uh, and comforting voice, uh, whether engaging in a dialogue with people that are all over the world, uh, it's truly an exciting, exciting moment in the voice space. Yeah, I can't wait to, to see what's coming out. So finally, what is it about working in the voice industry that you love the most? that makes you wake up every morning. 
You mean what else about the voice industry? I think uh, it's pretty clear I'm very passionate about it uh, in general. Uh, but uh, I do believe, especially for me, who's been doing this so long, I just love the, uh, uh, the, this camaraderie um, and uh, this uh, growing group of affectionados such as yourself, such as your listeners, uh, people that are coming into tech for the first time that have a background in journalism or in storytelling or whatever. Again, we've gotten to the point, I think, with voice as a... Um, uh, even as a programming language, uh, that it's open to everybody. And that's exciting because you never know um, who's going to be contacting me when I wake up in the morning, get to the office that has an idea that they can actually make happen because it's using just the sound of a voice. So I think it's the youth, it's the uh, pioneering nature, it's the camaraderie, um, and it's the, um, the ability because we're using voice as a programming tool to open this up to really to everybody, every language, every age, um, uh, and that makes it very exciting. Thank you very much, Jeffrey, for sharing your story with us and for joining my podcast. I so much appreciate that. Jasmine, it was great. <laughs> well, that's all for today's episode of The Power of Audio, Science and AI. I'm Jasmine Moradi, your host, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and support by sharing this content on your social media. This episode is supported by Stockholm Music City.